Hi there. Welcome to Did I Talk Too Much, a Grit podcast. Welcome back to Grit's podcast titled, Did I Talk Too Much? Um, Today is a very special day because we have all of the Grit gals here in the studio today to be on our podcast. So, uh, why do you sound like wolves? (laughs) So, um, today on our episode, we have me, Audrey, and Emmy. Yeah. Emmy, Emmy's one of our graphic designers. I'm one of the graphic so she's designers. making all the cutesy, amazing advertisings yes. and such that you'll be seeing online presently, futurey, and, and pastly. Yep, yep. All every <laughs> section of time. And it's me, Jenna. You're, I don't, what? Yapping girl? I be yapping. I be gabbing. I'm here again to talk. Talk your ear off. And we have two other yappers here. In the two <laughs> other yappers. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's your girl, Kaylee, your favorite yapper. So, Audrey, what are we going to be yapping about today? So, um, as you know, our season for the semester is womanhood. Um, and kind of last episode we talked a little bit about like the process of becoming a woman what that looked like um in the past and what that looks like around the world um and now we're focusing in on just the identity of womanhood in the 21st century how it's unique how it's different than um how women before have lived um what are the pros and what are the cons so i'm really excited to be talking about this with y'all today um it's gonna be good yeah um if you think back to when you were a kid growing up in the culture you grew up in um region you grew up in whatever um like what was the average life of a woman like what did you think like this is what women do um so I am from Texas, yeehaw. Kind of in the circles that I grew up in Texas, I grew up in the the Bible Belt, so um, very like evangelical um, community there in Texas, and um, I felt like what was pretty normal was like you go to college and you kind of do you do a major that's like kind of like it's like interior design or something like <laughs> something a little crafty um something that's you're not necessarily doing it to like go make a bunch of money per se um you're and you're going because college is fun you maybe rush you're in a sorority and then hopefully um you get engaged in your senior year and you get married after you graduate that's what my parents did um and then you like move and your husband hopefully has a nice job and you get to just have fun and do like fun things at home (laughs) and you have have some kids um with like names like Brinley with the L. Oh my God. L-E-I-G-H. Like Brinley? Yeah. It's so, not okay. Or like Crew. Or like yeah. Braxley. Oh, Payton. yeah. Or Peyton. Peyton. <laughs> yes. that, that's the name of my sister in law. I will not accept any slander to Peyton. What about like Jackson, but with an X? Oh. Yeah, that's canceled. That's canceled. <laughs> yeah. Or like Braxley. Braxley. <laughs> That's what we mean. Just yeah. like absolute, like names that if it didn't exist a hundred years ago, basically, Audrey, you grew up in a system or in a system. You grew up in a place where 
a typical female experience is being you go from daughter to wife pretty quickly yeah yeah and it's um you're also pretty expected to put your career on hold after kids um and like it's something kind of fun before then and yeah it's something you leave behind yeah um and it's like not most of the time it's like work isn't really your passion it's more like motherhood um so no like yeah i think that's just kind of what i grew up around um and i know a lot of women who are really happy doing that um but it doesn't really seem like it's for me so yeah wait going off of that i would love like your 30 second take on like the trad wife trend oh my god based off of no, that because instagram knows i'm a christian woman totally. so they send me the trad wife stuff all the time okay wait emmy doesn't know Define about trad wife traditional wife oh yeah so they stay at home okay, and I know what a traditional wife is but the word <laughs> yeah it's like a thing because on tiktok there's like certain creators that are like blowing up right now that like have this like traditional wife like yeah. aesthetic and lifestyle and are like romanticizing it and so then people yeah. are like i guess like women like if you want to make that choice you should but it's like yeah. there's a lot of complexities with it that are interesting and i'm not sure what i think about it kaylee i keep you have seeing something? them they're like the moms that are like oh my son said that he wanted cinnamon toast crunch but they make <laughs> it by scratch because they don't want to give their kids that or like they're like they're, they're <laughs> almost literally... like they're like an unhinged version of the moms that like are like do not give your child like red dye yes. like 40 yeah they're kind of like granola moms like they make their own bread they're like why would i ever buy this store-bought when i can make mm-hmm. it from home or it's literally like the labrants yeah or like or like or um abby and matt matt he's toxic he's literally toxic (laughs) like one time i remember seeing this tiktok and this is when i knew he was toxic when he was like wait give some quick context to who they are okay so abby and what's the husband's name matt abby and matt they're just like this couple on tiktok and they also have a podcast and so sometimes they'll like pop up on my reels or whatever and they'll like be talking about like it'll be like a clip or something and one time they were like he was like guys i'm gonna surprise my wife today you know when they do little like pranks on each other <laughs> do little like things like the other person doesn't know i'm like Couples you're literally content. influencers but it's like but i know literally and so they were like he was like guys i'm gonna surprise my wife today and clean the house and i was like oh my god like bare minimum i was like wait you're at- wait and the comments everyone was going off everyone was like screaming and they were like wait what they were like what is this and he was like today i'm gonna stay home for my wife and i was like Huh? <laughs> I was like, babe. <laughs> and then another one, she was like, I'm like I, don't, I also awesome. don't think we said that they're like a Christian couple as well. Yes. So they are like a little Christian couple who has a podcast. It's and- very stereotypical Christian couple who like gets married and like has some kids and then like make like really passive aggressive comments about the other person and they're like marriage is so hard and you're like uh-huh. are, is it re- are you okay yeah <laughs> like blink twice no, if you need help like that's the vibe and the wife's like i love him so much and he's in the background like on his phone not listening to her yeah it's just like oh <laughs> so real. like it just simply sends a shiver down my spine and then she just like is literally carrying the family like yeah, they no. have like three kids it's giving and, like, all you see is like him sitting on his phone in the background and like she's like literally juggling three kids and you're like uh <laughs> you probably yeah. like she's like Probably literally have. doing everything he's like i'm gonna surprise her and clean today and i was like huh <laughs> i was like wait <laughs> so interesting but, yeah. but anyway it's just interesting that that's like a trend like those are accounts that people are gravitating towards following yeah 
because I feel like that used to just I mean that was the only option for women and then now mm-hmm. some women like that which is like you're totally empowered to make yeah. that choice but then like people who aren't who don't even agree with that lifestyle like follow it because it's like oh this is so like aspirational or yeah even just like oh I like watching this like I follow some of them and I'm like I love seeing her make her own bread every day like this is yeah. fun it's or sweet just random things it's sweet it's just irritating if they act like kind of martyrs they're like oh my gosh the world is after me i'm like no one cares if you like realistically the internet will make it seem like people care if you stay home but no one cares no it's... one cares what your focaccia recipe be <laughs> but drop it down below like <laughs> yeah they're like but we do want it i do like some focaccia bro so, good focaccia is good i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> what how did you say I thought it was like if you say Fakosha, I'm gonna punch you. No, I no, I can't even no, this is embarrassing. I can't. I thought honest. it was Fakoa. <laughs> but that sounds like the most unappetizing thing ever. <laughs> I was like, this sounds horrible. <laughs> okay, so Audrey's typical woman is giving at least soft trad wife. Yeah. Yeah. We could say that. Definitely. Um, but I don't know, like, is the experience different um, on the West Coast? Mm, it's hard to say. I don't know. Especially, like, I think for those of us that were, like, really enmeshed in Christian communities growing up, it can feel hard to distinguish, like, what is regional and then what is, like, Christian culture. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like on the West Coast, it's not. I think women have a lot more freedom when it comes to like what they want to do um when it comes to like what they want to do after they graduate high school and things like that like a lot of the girls i knew almost all of them went to college and a lot of them are studying like really cool stuff that's not not that it's not cool to study interior design like we love to see it we need interior designers you know but are studying like engineering and for like long-term career exactly a lot of my thinking about my friends and people i know have like big career aspirations so i feel like that's a big thing i think there's a big emphasis on developing like friendships and having multiple relationships before you settle down that's like very normal but then within my christian community it was not as much that way and it's not like it was ever like you need to stay home or whatever it's just always like i mean gender roles are just like kind of these like invisible things and you just kind of like assume like oh when I'm a mom I'll just stay home or whatever and I've never really like wanted to do that so it's just funny because I'm like oh I guess when that happens like I don't know like I'll figure I mean as a writer it's a lot you have a lot more flexibility but I think it's like I mean this is now I'm just kind of going on a tangent but like when you're a woman and you decide to have kids like that you have to put your own stuff on hold which is like very aspirational and like selfless and great but yeah I think a lot of women at least on the west coast like want to be free from that like patriarchal system and so they're like no I don't want to do that or whatever Mm -hmm. but I think I grew up somewhere in the middle where I feel like I don't know like I'm going to college to do something and I hope I don't just get this degree and then like never use it like i want to have aspirations but I also like want to be a mom someday and I also got married young like I have certain things that may look more traditional and then other things that don't so yeah but I feel like in general I also don't think I said this but I'm from Washington state so yeah I just feel like in the Pacific Northwest there's a lot less 
pressure for like a woman to be a certain way but i think that airs too much even on that side of then like i don't know i don't need to get into it but yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i feel like that's kind of how it is for me but would love to hear from our california girlies which is the rest of them <laughs> i think um growing up down here in like southern socal um in like the suburbs of socal yeah the ie specifically shout out to my sgv baddies oh uh, they're no referring to the inland means. empire inland empire oh. aka san gabriel valley <laughs> um the, for those who are not from socal it's basically east of east yeah just inland from yeah from the ocean we're like at the base <laughs> of the mountains you can see the mountains from everywhere which is very nice love it out there um at least for me grew up in the non-traditional way i didn't like go to church every sunday and plus i'm catholic so <laughs> but i didn't grow up very traditionally but like my mom was a nurse my dad also worked so like both my parents were working just because for us it was just kind of like you had to if not what else or what else is going to pay the bills kind of a thing and so i think growing up i was just kind of taught like okay like you're gonna grow older you're gonna maybe have a boyfriend or something you guys might move in together which is shocker moving in before marriage um but you might move in together get married someday and if you have a kid before you're married that's fine like everyone in my family did and Mm -hmm. then you would have a career and you'd both work and then your grandparents watch your kid like (laughs) that's kind of like the thing um but even then like at my school I went to an all-girls Catholic high school and there was this one girl who was like oh yeah I'm going to college like gonna be in a sorority but like I want to be a stay-at-home mom like we had to write like what we wanted to be on these like little cards and her goal in life was to be a stay-at-home mom and all of us were like don't you have aspirations like don't you want to do anything with yourself especially because our school was all women we were like don't you want a life for yourself like besides like just your kids and your husband but like we didn't realize that like you could be a stay-at-home mom because all of our parents were hard-working people who hmm. were just trying to make ends meet for their kids yeah that makes sense that's so interesting like coming mm-hmm. from like almost the opposite experience thanks for sharing well i also grew up in the ie um but i was more like in this like the really like populated white well actually there's a lot of asian people there too but it was just like very traditional picket fence household but Personally, in my family dynamic, we my mom is like a stay-at-home mom, but she I always kind of acknowledged her as like just because she was a stay-at-home mom didn't mean she didn't do anything because she kind of ran, ran my whole household like we would fall apart if she wasn't there. So I think growing up, I kind of had this mentality of like when I grew up as a woman, like I would be able to do my own job. I would be able to choose what I want to do. Like I could have kids and still work. And like when I was a kid, I wanted to be like an, like this big time artist. And I want to do all these like directing and just all these random things. And I'm like, I felt like I could do it even though I was a woman. And like, despite being a woman, like I felt like I could still do all those things. Cause I kind of grew up in an area that like a household that was like very focused on that Mm -hmm. but like I remember going to school and like meeting my friends parents that were like stay-at-home moms and like I had one like very traditional like white family and she her mom was like a stay-at-home mom and literally all she would do is like make scrapbooks all day and then cook for her kid and I was just like it was almost a culture shock for me because I'm like Filipino moms are like hard workers like they they take care of their kids their grandkids their great their grandparents like they'll be taking care of like their extended family's kids their their sisters their brothers like everyone they take care of everyone like Filipino moms are like I'm cooking for 200 people kind of people it's more intergenerational yeah Mm -hmm. so like for me 
like the women in my family were just like everyone like everyone around me was like a woman in my family so it was just like i don't know it's definitely different from the people that like were regionally around me yeah i think i have kind of pieces of everyone's that i can relate to but i think like growing up yeah same as ella my mom like was always doing something that was like almost like her passion like she did photography when i was growing up and did that all the time um and so i think that placed an impact on my life as viewing women and growing up and things like that just to see that like oh my mom was doing a creative thing that she enjoyed um and was doing it for her job and for work um and so I think that like was really cool to see my mom like working but it was something that she loved it wasn't just like she was working because she like had to or anything it was like because she enjoyed that um and so that was really cool and I don't think the more like traditional stuff honestly came into my life until I got a little bit older and it's like when my mom stopped doing photography that's kind of when things started to shift and started to change and like the more like traditional things started to like I started to realize that that like existed and that that was like a standard that I would I ought to like live at I guess um and especially in high school and in college I knew that that was like the thing and like is not a bad thing if you want to be a stay-at-home mom like totally. genuinely that is like an it's a full-time amazing job. thing no, it I is a full-time job people are here no i hope that's like, not what people are hearing at all like that is so great and i know there are people in this room who even want to be stay-at-home moms and that is like so awesome and of course i aspire to be that one day like i do want to be a mom but i think i also like in this at the same time like want to hold in my hands this like side where i'm like wait i have passions and i want to pursue those Mm -hmm. and like if your passion is wanting to be a mother go with that but if your passion is i don't know writing do that if your passion is art do that if your passion is like i don't know doing therapy do that you know so it's like there's different things that i think like we should be able to walk in while also holding the standard and the or the like whole motherhood thing yeah at the same time if that makes sense totally i think it's a big thing women have to wrestle with of like there's shame almost of staying home and not working and then if you Mm -hmm. work and you don't stay home there's like shame with that like you can't i mean this is just like um america forever speech and barbie like there's literally nothing you can do as a woman that's right yeah it feels like like there's going to be pros and cons to everything that you do and thinking about like women used to stay home because their husbands were literally at war so they had to stay home oh i'm gonna cook and clean because hubby is literally across the world fighting i'm gonna take care of my kids whatever but since then like navigating like oh well most people can't survive off of one income yeah. most people need both people to work and then figuring out oh but childcare is so expensive just like figuring out all those different things but I feel like, Emmy, what you were saying of, like, you almost have to choose, it feels like, your career Mm -hmm. or, like, motherhood. Yeah. And, like, a man does not have to think about that. Yeah. Most of the time. And obviously, if you're a single dad, that would be something that you would have to think about. But for the most part, a man isn't thinking, like, when he has kids, like, oh, I'm going to have to choose this or my career. Like, usually it's just a default to the woman. Mm -hmm. And that works for a lot of people but even just like acknowledging that that like that's always going to be in the back of my head when I'm thinking about career stuff Mm -hmm. which I think honestly like in some ways is empowering because we are the ones literally carrying the child and like doing literally so much of like we get to like be a part of the story of 
creation of life mm-hmm. and so I think that is really a cool part of the story but then also it's like I don't feel like we should have to be like picking and choosing like I feel like we can simultaneously do both and do them both well mm-hmm. and so can the husbands you know and so it's like I feel like it can all play a role it doesn't necessarily have to be this like traditional thing where the guy's like I'm gonna actually clean today like and stuff like that like he can do stuff too because he played a role in life too you know and so literally you can clean any day bae yeah <laughs> any day for real. it's so funny that there, our question is like what was that what's the average life of a woman and we're all talking about motherhood because that feels like so enmeshed yeah. and essential to being a woman yeah there's women in our lives that are single and they're just as much a woman as mm-hmm. any other woman or they don't have maybe kids at home and so motherhood's looking different i mean obviously it takes different forms throughout your life and kids lives but i mean you're always a mom you know but yeah there are women that don't have that experience which i feel like could be really isolating and difficult but even just i just wanted to acknowledge that i feel like that's interesting mm-hmm. that we associate that so much with being a woman versus i don't think when you're talking about I don't know how much people are talking about manhood, to be honest. So I can't speak for that as a non-man, but I don't think that, like, when they're talking about being a man, that, like, f- being a father is, like, so central to that conversation. And maybe it is. I think maybe in Christian spaces it would be more, mm-hmm. too. But I don't know. What are you thinking, Kaylee? I was just going to say, like, I think when we think of, mo- like, womanhood or something like that, like, people just assume, like, your next step, or the only next notable step is becoming a mother, which I don't think is true. I think, like, for some people, it can look like, oh, I got a dog. Like, that was a notable <laughs> step. Or, Literally. oh, I got my PhD. Like, that's a huge step. Mm-hmm. And so, like, getting those degrees or getting, like, even a new apartment or finally getting your first home, like, that's such a big accomplishment. And I think people really overlook that because it's, like... You're, you're supposed to bring in life like you're supposed to bring in a new generation like they just kind of overlook like those other accomplishments that you've made as a woman and just focus on like the fact that you have children or not mm-hmm. yeah and I think there are also like a lot of ways in which um women can kind of like take care of other people in ways that aren't like motherhood like I remember I had three in my in my high school church um we had like three women leaders and two of them are moms and one wasn't and they were but they were my mothers they were my church moms <laughs> and i was so excited to see them every sunday and every wednesday and like that's how they kind of like i don't know like poured into me so it doesn't look exclusively also like giving birth to a child and raising it it can be like in the church context or like fostering or um totally yeah it's so like just mentorship yeah i feel like there's like a spiritual element of that's just like motherhood what i was gonna say like sometimes i feel like like women that aren't moms they are usually like mothering something someone else i'm like, like lisa's our mom literally <laughs> like like take lisa literally for example like she might not be a biological like mom but she's like a mother figure to many other people mm-hmm. so like when you think when i think about a woman i think about someone that's like pouring themselves and like mentoring themselves like or mentoring someone and like i don't know that's just like an interesting concept because it's like even if you're not necessarily a mom like you're doing things that are still caring and like pouring into people i think that's just like one of the attributes of women like 
just in society they're caring they're loving they pour into people they're emotionally like good like they're good with emotions they're able to have those conversations with people Mm -hmm. yeah i love that talk that was awesome one question that i had that i think will help us navigate the rest of the conversation about like being a woman in the 21st century is actually one that kind of makes us look back um and I don't know. I wanted to ask y'all, like, after talking to maybe older women, like, having conversations with your mother or your grandmother or some just, like, older woman in your life, what do you feel like is the biggest difference um, between, like, their experience and yours being a woman? Well, I mean, women couldn't open their own bank accounts till 1974, so I I can have my own bank account. So that's nice. No, I'm kidding. That's just one example, a very small one. And also, I think only recently, I mean, and we're going to get into this with talking about Me Too, like only recently are topics like sexual assault and misogyny and other horrible things are actually being taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And that was in 2016. Like that feels, that was my freshman year of high school. Yeah. So I feel like since then, when I was really starting to think about different topics, they were being informed by that view of like women's stories matter and all those different things. And I think that wasn't messaging that our moms or grandmas grew up with. I feel like that's the biggest difference Mm -hmm. is just like the conversation societally. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think like along the same vein by the time I got to high school and like people at church, um, like we start, they started like talking and preaching about sex in high school, people were like dismantling purity culture by that time. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I felt lucky to have like not, um, I don't know, been grown up in a time when like yeah, totally. people were starting to realize like, oh, this has like a lot of like the rose analogy. Yes, really negative <laughs> consequences. So I think it's interesting that you bring up the whole purity culture thing because like I don't feel like we're that far apart, but I feel like for me, like I did grow up with that. Mm-hmm. And like that was maybe it was my church, I don't know. But I literally like the rose analogy was actually used like i saw that happen like i'm not joking yeah so the rose analogy is basically the idea of just like like your pastor or whatever will like or leader will hold a rose and be like this is you and it's like a perfect white rose and it's like oh so beautiful and then it's like this is you every time you i don't know they say like some horrible thing that you do i don't even know this is when you have sex and they like rip it up and they like (laughs) smash it and they like they just like absolutely destroy it and so like this this is what you look like with your sin like and they're like and who wants this yeah and they're like who wants this yeah jesus wants you yeah yeah Yeah. he actually died for that so yeah but i think like it was interesting because i remember it was interesting. Sorry, Sorry I just had like phone. a really moment. Um, it was interesting because I think I remember like hearing that in middle school, and then like as I got to high school, it kind of shifted of like, oh, like maybe this is bad. But I feel like it wasn't until this past like year where like I've really seen effective changes in conversation mm-hmm. and effective changes of like, wait, we're talking about these things, and we're being able to realize like this conversation. I like. 
um my grandma is someone who's like super influential on my life my mom's mom and she like wrote a book and I remember just reading it and we have like very similar stories about like growing up like her and I like within family wise and things like that um and so it was super interesting just hearing like and being able to read like her perspective about the way that she like grew up of like there were a bunch of things she wasn't able to talk about like they didn't really have like therapy like they didn't really have those like things and resources that like I do now growing up with like the same story within my family like I'm able to talk about the things Mm -hmm. and like whereas she couldn't um and so now as a 75 year old woman she's processing this and like I am fortunate enough to be able to process the things like that like I have felt as a woman now like in my college years in my high school years and things like that and so I think that's a big thing that I've noticed it's like different between us but similar in the way of like we both are just women who are in need of help and in need of other people around us to support us and so I think it's really cool to like see the crossover within that um while also knowing that we have like a lot of big differences because of the generations we grew up in but yeah kind of going off on the purity culture thing um, because my sister and I were like 11 years apart so she grew up like during like the really heavy like purity culture like the Jonas Brothers were wearing purity rings and like all the Disney Channel stars were wearing purity rings and she grew up with that and so she had a purity ring purity culture it just brings shame and like guilt and you're never going to be like freed from that yeah, it also just reduces women yeah, to seriously. that, which is just annoying. So um, now we're going to get a little bit more specific into um, the pros and just like the the good things about growing up as a woman in the 21st century. Um, and one of those things was growing up in the Me Too movement. So most of us were probably in middle school um, on this podcast, early high school. Um, Some of us were adults. Yeah. <laughs> just getting out of 15 years. Oh, okay. When this happened... <laughs> So I'm going to pass the mic over to Emmy, and Emmy's going to explain to us what the Me Too movement is. Okay, I'm going to start off with what Google says. So Google says that Me Too is a social movement and awareness campaign against sexual abuse, sexual harassment, and rape culture in which people publicize their experiences of sexual abuse or sexual harassment. Um, it says it started in 2006, but... I don't I feel like it didn't hit its peak until 2016 when all the stuff was coming out with um, a lot of like within celebrities and movie producers and like things like that that's when it got a lot bigger and so I think a lot more women in um, corporate businesses and things like that because there were men who were way higher above them who were like CEOs and COOs um, who were the ones who were doing those things and the woman would try to speak up but the the men would never get anything like they would never get fired or anything because they, they would just go like a slap up. on the wrist yeah. kind of thing. because they were too high up and it wasn't seen as something that was bad and so then people started sharing their stories and this just became I don't necessarily like calling it a movement because I feel like it is just people sharing their stories and that doesn't require anything to be like a move. I don't know you know but I feel like it was like an influential time and it still is and I think it's important I think it's, I I mean, the name of it is called Me Too. So the sense of Uh like people started sharing their 
um, experiences with sexual assault and rape. And then people would say, me too. Like, replying. Like, I was in the same situation. And so that's how it became a movement. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kaylee, I would love to hear your thoughts as someone who's going into entertainment stuff. Yeah. I think the, for me, the movement part was when everyone, when I believe it was the Oscars, everyone wore, all the women wore black and everyone there wore black as in like representation that they were with them. Not Mm -hmm. even if they were a part of it or had like any history with sexual assault that they were just there to support other women everyone wore black for a reason and i remember the designers on like those stupid like tmz shows were like oh her dress was so ugly because it was black like where's the color this year and it was like do you guys not understand the whole reasoning for this yeah um i think my the definition i was thinking of movement is different than no no it's like you guys are defining Mm -hmm. it no i think this was just like a cultural like yes time yeah. i think that's why it's like yeah. the movement was i when yeah. i think of the movement i think of that specific like yeah part Anyways. yeah um i think when going into the entertainment business a lot of people even like just within school and stuff have already warned women who are going in of just like make sure you're not getting taken advantage of even during my own internships they're like there's a lot of men who are going to want to ask you for favors just so that way you can boost your career and don't do that whether it's you doing i guess sexual favors or even just working for free they were like you shouldn't work for free and exploit yourself and your talent just so that way they can get a credit and you're not going to get any credit for your work at all mm-hmm. and so i think the importance of just like understanding and not necessarily like putting my guard completely down with people around me which sounds really hard because it's like i'm a i'm a really friendly person and i'm someone who tries to see the better in everyone but i think just going into the entertainment business it's it's just a dog eat dog world you just kind of have to be on your toes um and i think it takes the type of person to be able to navigate through it and just kind of focus on it but it is a harsh reality to know that like you have to be very aware of what's going on at all times in your in your field but luckily since the me too movement they've become more strict about like understanding relationships that are going on and off screen or obviously on the screen um off the screen and behind the camera and just like within the production itself even just like small development studios or different things like that so luckily it's going a little bit better but obviously stuff still happens but i think going into it i'm still having like a positive attitude knowing that like this is where i want to work despite what's going on because it still happens in corporate america and like other places as well yeah and i think like i remember like going to school and hearing that this movement was something that was like a feminist movement but I think that is so frustrating to me because I'm like I feel like it's like it doesn't have to be something that's politicized like I think it can just be like simply about women sharing their stories and how important that is and it doesn't have to be something that's necessarily like seen as a type of conservative or liberal or whatever it is like it's simply just real women sharing their real stories and I think that is the most important part of it all and that should be the baseline it shouldn't have to be something like you don't have to put a title on it and see it as something negative you know Mm -hmm. which I feel like growing up and hearing about it and even now when people reference it it's like something that is like this negative thing that like oh it's just a bunch of feminists trying to tell a fake story but it's like what it never was that and it never should be but i feel like even now it's just become a punchline too yeah like people will say something that's like oh like men will be like oh me too haha like it's just a joke and it's like it wasn't really a joke yeah I don't know. It just is, like, so disturbing. I'm like, you do not have to be making fun of people who have experiences that, like, 
are so real and like that they are stepping out and sharing their story which is extremely hard to do and that doesn't have to be something that is politicized or made fun of or put in a category or anything like that it can just be what it is and let alone that these are experiences that happen literally every single day or yeah. like and it's like one in five women it. yeah literally. that's yeah. what the movement was like yes. the intention of it was to show like how rampant these things are and how um there needs to be change because of that so even though there is plenty of political discourse on me too and all those different things it's like it accomplished its goal i think of just making people aware of these things that are happening that were just that i think women knew but even women that had experienced them were like i'm the only one like people don't understand and it offered a place through i mean it's like a perfect storm of social media and an anonymity of people being able to share like i feel this way as well and so i think when we're talking about a positive for us growing up post me too is that women feel it's just like if i'm assuming based on the statistics of how many of my friends have been sexually assaulted like i'm just going to assume that so and like that sucks like that sucks but i'm not I don't know. I need to be, like, prepared to be able to, like, support my friends in that and the women in my life in that and also just be, like, aware of my own safety and Mm -hmm. other people's safety in my life. And so I think growing up with that is... It's obviously just, like, super sad. Like, I remember seeing all the stories coming out and being like, oh, my gosh, this... Especially, like, so much of it's in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah. So I think when we're talking about the positives here, we're saying how, like, women now are able to have conversations about this and it's not this like hush hush like don't talk about that thing like it's a lot more normal to not that what's happening is normal obviously but like having conversations about it right right and i think also like um growing up in the in the face of this movement it was helpful and just like shaping at least for me the way i thought about it um totally and just like i the first messages I was receiving about um, sexual assault and violence were not um, that of rape culture, but they were the ones of women who were like, no, like, talk about it. Yeah, yeah you don't have to, you don't have to hide it. Like, it's, it's um, not your fault. Not like never that your messaging. Fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was really valuable and I think has been good for this next generation um, just to like have that entering into this really scary world and um in a time of our lives where we are kind of in most most danger um and like i don't know i think even though it's still a huge problem i think like reshaping the way we um view it i don't know i think it is going to kind of opt or i don't know make um healing more accessible um yeah and remove a lot of guilt and and shame surrounding the the victims of it so totally yeah going off of that i feel like our generation i mean consent is like a huge thing and obviously was a thing before the year 2016 but now is just like such a normal part of relationships and even particularly thinking of like christian relationships consent is not something that's really taught to um young people which is weird um because so much of 
I mean, just even talking about sex at church just feels like weird and uncomfortable. And when it is, like Emmy was talking about, it's like this weird messaging, like that purity culture was born from like a fear that Christians were going to become like sexually liberated. And so they were like, oh, we don't want that. So this is how we're going to respond. They didn't want Christians to start acting like people in culture. And I think that we can teach people how to steward their sexuality well without scaring them. Like, I think that is possible. And I think that people are doing that now. But even like I in youth group and all the conversations we had about that, there was not like this is something that's consensual between a man and a woman. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You hear that. But then it's like, what does that actually look like? is not really like talked through because like well you're married you figure it out then like whatever but i feel like now that's like the first thing like i don't know that people like us people associate that with sex now which is really good and women in the past weren't given that freedom or flexibility especially thinking about christian women who feel like they have like it's their duty to satisfy their husband yeah which is ridiculous not ridiculous that they felt that way, but ridiculous that they were taught that. Yeah. Um, so wrapping up that segment um, about like Me Too and um, just like growing up with different ideas about sex um, than our maybe moms or grandmothers grew up with. Um, I want to move on to thinking about like the way that femininity is viewed now and like I... I genuinely do think uh, women's interests are taken more seriously um, and, like, uplifted more and, and get more time in the spotlight, which I think has been really sweet to see. And, like, even it's just, like, ramping up more and more. Like, we talked about last summer was the summer of, of girlhood when the Barbie movie came out and Taylor Swift was on her era's tour. And it was just, like, um, thinking a lot about, like... Um, just things women love to do um and so that's been sweet so i feel like it's gotten better but it's like still not they're still not seen as like as valid as male interests mm -hmm. when it comes to like how, how do we view someone whose interest is uh football <laughs> football anyone and thinks that someone's obsession with taylor swift is as valid you're both fans you're literally fans of performers who go out and perform for money i can't handle it but obviously, like, uh, and they're both athletes. Let's be so for real about it. Yeah. But yeah, I think at least among women, 100%, there's like, because so much of it used to be like women tearing down women. And now that's obviously like still going to exist in a fallen world. But like, we're, there's so much more empowerment, I think, from women, like for each other and just like celebrating what it's, what it looks like to be a woman and to be a girl. Um, and women's interests and just like enjoying like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Like whether those are typical feminine things or not. Um, well, I just like when you talk about like women's interests and things, it kind of brings up the topic for me of like a woman having a man's interest, quote unquote, mm -hmm. like like for me personally like i love star wars and i love playing video games but there's still so many guys that gatekeep that and like will totally. shame you put you down because you're a woman with a pink headset and a pink computer which is literally so dumb because i'm like um my room is pink let me have something that matches my room literally literally or i'm like i like lightsabers because they're cool just like you do like i know you're you and i were on the same level but it's like it's still like such a big conversational topic for me specifically because i'm like yeah i'm literally experiencing this every single day like i'm scared to talk on a 
like a game because I don't want to be thrown down because I'm a woman or if I'm doing bad like I don't talk or I like mute myself because I know that I will get shamed for being a woman I'm so dumb which is so stupid because I'm like I'm just I'm literally playing I'm in the same game as you we're playing the same game like they rank us based off like yeah our ranks you know and if you were making fun of guys for playing video games they'd be like we it's really cool like you should play and then you do play and you really like it and they're like well she's just a girl like yeah please (laughs) goodbye but but there's a lot of girls that are like able to make a community within that which i think is really cool Mm -hmm. that's awesome i think it also has to go with like people who are like oh like my thing is i always see the thing where it's like you're too old to like hello kitty or hello kitty is a young little girl thing but it's like you literally have spider-man everywhere you literally have batman as your personality like <laughs> i'm so sorry like i'm sorry hello kitty's my super super woman like i don't know <laughs> you're allowed to keep things from your childhood yeah and i think that it's okay to like your favorite color can be pink i think you're or if your favorite color is blue you don't have to be seen as different you know like you're not like quirky for that and so i think that's just like i just think it's it's definitely evolved where it's a little more acceptable to like what you like and i think totally. that's just more most important because like i feel like for a long time it was in especially in like middle school and high school like you had to be one of the boys specifically in middle school you had to be one of the boys like you couldn't be super feminine like you had to have a certain lunchbox or a certain backpack like you couldn't have a pink backpack you had to have a black one mm. and so i think like it's finally acceptable that like girls can just like what they want it's not anything totally. different and it's not like you're gonna see a girl with a bow in her hair and you're not gonna think she's childish you're just gonna think like oh that's cute yeah you know? Yeah. yeah there's so much of that is just like gendering things that don't like a color sorry right god made all the colors for all of us to enjoy at all times mm-hmm. last time i checked yeah i i love what y'all had to say um and i definitely like kaylee i definitely like resonate with the just there's just a very strict like i remember in middle school there's just being a very strict code for like what you yep. need to do like you need to be girly but not too girly and yeah it was just stressful and um I've been watching like my little sisters kind of go through girlhood too and they seem a little bit more comfortable in it which is makes me really happy mm. um so yeah um another thing that i thought of about like growing up in the 21st century is that like genuinely growing up i don't think there was any job i didn't think i could do just because i was a woman there obviously as i got older there are things i like said oh i i couldn't do that job not because i'm a a woman (laughs) because i don't like you don't have those skills (laughs) or i don't not even skills like you don't have those interests now yeah i don't have those i want to be a doctor like no (laughs) i don't like blood i'm not gonna be a doctor I you're not gonna catch me getting my fingers dirty no you're not gonna catch me breaking a nail I don't like being outside so I don't like manual labor we're not crossing construction off the list it just so happens that it lines up with cliche women yeah you're saying no that's what I will be saying sometimes I'm like I understand like that you may view it as this way but I genuinely I just don't want to do that and it's not that I can't I don't want to Mm mm-hmm definitely fix your car better than you can go kaylee (laughs) kaylee out here Uh, fixing things did you guys feel that way growing up too like or were there things that you were like oh this is what like i can't do that job because i'm a woman 
I should have thought I was going to be president by the time I turned 35. Like, Period. I was convinced. Well, I mean, 35, you have to be at least 35. Yeah, to be yeah exactly. And my mom was like, <laughs> like why my do mom I know was that? like, That's no, dumb. yeah, like, you could totally, you could be president. But she's like, it's a hard thing. And I, like, I was like, no, I got it. Like, I can be president. And then, like, a couple years later, I was like, I do not want to be president. Like, yeah, there's so not real. a bone in me that would want to do that. I was going to say, I feel like, no, literally, I'm like, do you hear it? <laughs> um, I feel like growing up, I didn't think that there was anything I couldn't do until I got older and realized like until I was like figuring out my place in the world I didn't I don't think like when I was younger I didn't feel the pressure at home to be like a certain way or fit into a certain career until I got older and started existing yeah. in the world because you get as those, an independent you you'll know? get those messages like from society yes I got but you didn't get them society from more than home yeah. correct yes yeah I agree with Emmy. I think, like, once I finally realized, like, oh, I'm a girl, like, I'm separate from boys, was when I realized, like, oh, I can't be certain things. Um, I grew up with, like, parents who always said, like, I could do whatever I wanted. My dad's a huge girl dad. So, like, he always was, like, you can do whatever you put your mind to, like, no matter what job it is. The only job I didn't, I wanted, like, I didn't want as a kid, but I was, like, what, why can't I do this with being a priest? Because <laughs> of um, Catholic, Catholic girl upbringing. Yeah, and the Catholic church women can't lead the church the highest ranking ranking the highest ranking a woman can be in the church is a nun but it's still it's still a respectable position we stand but yeah i just i don't think there was any moment that i was like oh i can't do this until i got way older but even then there was just jobs that like i knew i would never like i was never gonna want to be a garbage man like never wanted to work in construction keyword, keyword man <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I loved getting to talk about like some of the progress that's definitely been made um, and how that has just really impacted us from the better. I think it's really encouraging to hear um, hear that, you know what I mean? And like you realize like, oh, the change is happening. Change is happening. Progress is happening. And women are better off for it. Um, and that's really exciting. And I think also at the same time, um, like things can be getting better but also we can still talk about the hard things the toxic things the bad things that are still prevalent in our society um and that haven't gone away yet um and that we still need to fight i don't think like talking about one means that the other isn't valid i know a lot of people will be like well just be content with all the progress you've made or comparing to women in different places of the world that have less yeah. autonomy. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, the, the thing is, I'm, I shouldn't be content with like, well, at least I'm not being oppressed like those other women halfway across the world. I should also want to like fight for them and like my heart hurts for them. Um, and so the goal is to like keep fighting misogyny and not just get to a point where we're like good enough yeah and like one day jesus is gonna come back and make everything better um and as it should be but yeah i just think that i don't know progress doesn't work like that so um i'm excited to dig into some of these um things that we have just identified over the course of like our meetings um things that we're experiencing um or that our friends are experiencing that are still pretty negative um so the other this is first thing that's kind of like a 
a flip of um, growing up the Me Too movement is still just like a culture of, of victim blaming of um, sexual harassment, assault, rape, um, even like domestic violence um, is just like super damaging. So, um, yeah. So I'm like, do I have something to add? I do. Yeah, I think like Audrey talked about those extreme cases where women are getting physically and emotionally hurt. Like those are super significant and personal and really tough. And I know like all of us here have a story, whether it's like the most extreme case of misogyny or uh, just something small, like just being insulted on a gaming server for your pink headphones. Just like that culture is really tough because I think a man will look at something like that as so small like oh who cares that 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 guy said something dumb just like ignore it but it's just like an indicator of such a bigger problem and so it feels like all of these small things you know as Miss Swift said death by a thousand cuts Mm -hmm. you know when there's like all of these small things that are happening throughout your life and you hear all of these comments it just like creates this narrative that women like it's it's just women's fault for being women mm-hmm. almost in the sense of like you're just doing things that a man wouldn't do mm-hmm. literally and so then they just aren't seen as valuable or important or whatever um i'm like diverting a little bit but just saying like i think like we've all experienced sexist attitudes towards us in our life in big ways or in small ways and so we're here with you and that sucks mm-hmm. and therapy helps friends help god helps Mm -hmm. but you can still be pissed off about it it's okay and you also don't have to talk about it if you don't want to yeah but it can help yeah i recommend journaling i also recommend the tiktok sound female rage i think it's so funny you can look it up it's called female rage that's there's some swearing in it but there is you have good company if you're feeling that female rage oh yeah and one of one of the things that Emmy had talked about kind of earlier was um, just the politicization of female empowerment, how you can like really desire to uplift and uphold the dignity of women and people think, oh, liberal agenda. Yeah. So you agree with this, 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 and this. And it's like, it's really, it's been like just a journey for me of like, yep. Telling like conservative parents, like, I really care about this whole like women's rights thing. And they're like, oh, so you're pro-abortion. And you're like, that's a huge leap. Okay. Um, Also comparing to like a secular view of feminism, feminism also is including non-binary people and people that are on the spectrum when it comes to gender Mm -hmm. speaking from their ideology Mm -hmm. like they are trying to they believe that gender is a construct that um all different things that i personally don't believe Mm -hmm. and so i think when people hear feminism they think oh you don't like they're automatically going to that which now is so interesting because it used to not be that way it used to just be like female empowerment vibes and now it's that which has moved past even women and now even being a feminist and just focusing on women like grit 
yeah. as it is here would be deeply problematic at like USC. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we would like yeah. that would be wrong. Yeah. Which to me, I'm like, oh, interesting, because mm-hmm. that feels like I can't speak to the non-binary experience. Mm-hmm. I can't speak to that, and I can only speak to what it's like to be a woman. So I can only support women in a certain way Mm -hmm. like obviously i can support people in different ways but i think it's so hard to like hold the tension of politics when it comes to this because it's like so many people are like well you're just liberal and i'm like no sec i'm i'm speaking more secular Mm because i'm just thinking of a non-religious view of gender and um those sorts of things but it's like they would think that our like women's resource is at best I don't even know like that it wouldn't be productive like Mm, at all yeah but then more conservative particularly christian conservative people on campus think oh you're just this feminist club and i'm like you got you don't know like we are so tame Mm -hmm. we're so tame and we're also not saying as much as we could be saying yeah is all i'm saying i'm like if you're scared of just putting period products in the bathroom (laughs) i think you have a deeper issue than than feminism (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you're ready for that. So it can be really tough because there's when we're talking about like the dictionary definition of feminist, which is an advocate for women's rights on the basis of equality of the sexes. I feel like we should all be on board. Yeah. Okay. Biblical. Okay. Slay. Love this. Right. But then when that word gets twisted in different things and that's really like third wave feminism, Mm -hmm. uh, dismantling gender, thinking about reproductive rights, which is really complex Mm -hmm. and all these different issues it's like if you're a feminist then you're opting yes to all these things it's like no you can Mm -hmm. be i mean being a woman and not being a feminist is like gotta be on your own team girl Mm -hmm. come on Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah seriously and at like the baseline feminism that we're speaking about that we believe at grit is that when and when when and men and are equal yeah (laughs) goodbye that men and women are equal and that there's not like a political charge to that and i think for in a world where that's like so real people are like no yeah like it's just hard because that we don't see that in media like a healthy feminism Mm -hmm. yeah because either side is just full of rage Mm -hmm. i have to like um because i consider myself a feminist and i like i because i line up with this um definition of like i'm an advocate of women's rights on the basis of the equality of sexes um i definitely have to like be mindful of like um trying to meet people where they're at and like i'm a little more cautious with like using that label for myself even though i still believe it Mm -hmm. just because like sometimes i don't have time to unpack everything with um like with someone um but like it's because you're a woman and all of the blood that should be in your brain is going to your uterus i plagiarized that partially from leslie note from parks and recreation <laughs> <laughs> that is actually so funny every time someone <laughs> Every time. Now, next time that every... <laughs> Anytime a wo- woman hesitates, just say that. No, next yeah. time, like, I'm actually struggling. I'm like, sorry. Actually, all the blood in my body and brain and everywhere is actually just headed to my uterus. So. I'm just And a man would literally be right like, now. jaw on floor. And I would be like, how are you feeling right now about that statement? And I'm just going to make him feel uncomfortable. Tis be the goal. But... 
I just like I'm a big advocate for like you can um I don't know like you can still engage in this and like you don't have to totally disengage from like women's rights just because what sounds like the loudest voice is not something you agree with mm-hmm. like totally you you can think critically about things and you like don't have to go along with either um either side and like um you can forge your own beliefs about it and still really not abandon the cause you know what I mean 100% yeah Yeah. and like what it looks like for you to be a feminist even if you don't want to use those terms that's okay Mm -hmm. like if bringing about equality looks it's going to look different for everyone and Mm -hmm. for some people in their daily life that's going to look like like being a feminist isn't just like posting infographics on Instagram basically is what I mean like or necessarily like going to marches or like having to be this necessarily like political view like it can genuinely just be speaking up for yourself or it can genuinely just be like speaking up for other people and especially other women or just like calling out men in your life calling out men in your life who need to be called to this like whatever I hate a higher standard of behavior literally and or just like being able to speak for yourself and your passions and things like that like it is genuinely the bare minimum of saying that what I think as a woman and what I believe as a woman is important which I think is the bare minimum so you don't have to call yourself feminist but if you love you some women then you are one so hate to bring it to you (laughs) and if we can like if if men can kind of understand that they can be a part of this too, totally, dude. How, we can accomplish so much together. Literally. Yeah, it'll be so get good. that other fifty percent on board. I'm like, Let's you go. guys love women so much, yet you like, love to hate them. Like, <laughs> no, that's because clearly like, you're, you're obsessed with this. Like, Emmy, you sorry, have to talk sorry, to sorry. I'm like, it's just it's so interesting because men are simply obsessed with women. Like, Seriously. they talk about us, they keep us in, um, they keep our names in their mouths all day long, and be talking about how they love us, and then they hate us. A lot of them just like the idea of women and the sexuality of women. Oh, one thousand percent. A lot of them don't it. like the core parts parts of, of a woman yeah it's just simply the sexual being bro that, check your heart at that point yeah no like, literally no, some men some men i'm like you want to date me but you hate me no all day like- <laughs> <laughs> bars bars <laughs> guys this has been the, the longest ride this was just a really sweet time for me um and i think for all of us to all be together um and just laugh and joke and talk about the things that are um important um to our time and into our hearts um i have really enjoyed this i hope you guys did too we did yes yeah we enjoyed it thank you emmy thank that was you so emmy. we need to just get mics like pastors have like right by their mouth yeah <laughs> yes so we can capture all of every little, little songs and singing oh wait but women can't do that be a pastor <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking that is a joke that is a little bit of a what's the word for um for what's the word um you can tell by the end of this an S. we're kind of delirious for, for satire purposes if i do say Audrey, so. you have to leave that in. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Did I Talk Too Much? If you enjoyed this week's episode, we would love to hear from you. You can leave a rating and a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. To make sure you don't miss an episode every other week, be sure to subscribe. 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram as well to get the latest updates on upcoming events, new blogs, and question boxes where you have the chance to have your questions answered on the podcast. Our Instagram is at grit at Biola. Our blog is linked in our Instagram bio where you can hear from our staff writers and read more about our mission. Thanks again for tuning in. The views expressed in this podcast may not necessarily represent the beliefs of Biola University or the GRIT Editorial Board. All content is designed to inspire and challenge GRIT listeners to explore their gifting, foster resilience, gain insight, and develop tenacity. 